This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let me just ask you a couple questions here that may help you. This is how the Lord's really, really been working on my life, that he asked me this question, why? Why do I do what I do? Better yet, why am I here today? See, ask yourself that right now. Why, why am I in church today? Did I come out of duty? Did I come to be religious? Did I come just for the fun of it? Why am I here? And so one of the questions the Lord asked me daily is that, why am I a minister? See, as a minister, I can't forget who I minister for. And that's the same with your life. Everything in us, we have to ask ourselves this question, why? I'm here to praise Him. I'm here to give Him glory. I'm here to honor Him. And I think we've got to return back to that and and quit thinking that everything's got to be about me. But remember, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. All right, just a little thoughts for you. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. And once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to go to Jeremiah 1 and then we'll go to Mark chapter 4. Jeremiah 1 is where we'll begin And we've been on a series here on sticks and stones, the power of my words. Some of our main scripture texts for the last three weeks, uh, Mark 11, 23, Whosoever will say unto the mountain, be there, and move, and be cast to the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he saith, he'll have whatever he says. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, We talked about Joshua chapter 1, where it said, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth but I will meditate on it or I will recite it day after day after day and then I'll make my way prosperous and have good success. So we've been loaded with the power of the tongue, the power of what I speak out of my mouth. So we begin in Jeremiah 1 and the whole theme of the book of Jeremiah was repentance. And without repentance, there's destruction. So we start in verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. This is what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Put my words in your mouth. Why did he put his words in his mouth? Verse 10. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and to plant. And he literally, he was telling Jeremiah, stand up. Stand up and tell people the truth. And we got to keep telling the people the truth. we got to keep preaching the Word of God. And understand this with the Word of God for every one of us in this room. The Bible is very clear. Whom the Lord loves, He corrects. And sometimes the Word of God will correct you. And that's a good place. Don't get mad when the Word of God corrects you. Celebrate it. Verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now, the almond tree blooms early in the spring. And literally, this is talking about the judgment of God because the tree is ready and it's watching as all the other trees blossom and all the other events occur. And so he's just warning. Now, watch what he says in verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready, I am watching, I am alert, I am anticipating, I am vigilant, I am on the lookout to perform my word. 
Now, what did God say he was going to do or perform? His word. The significance, the power of the word of God. Now, when I look at this here, we go back and, and when we see the word of God, just in the Bible, that's called the written word, the logos. But the only way the logos, the written word, comes alive is what we call the rhema, the spoken word. And so you want the word of God to come in your life? Speak the word. Now, in tying this together, verse 9, he said, I put the word in your mouth. And so Jeremiah, just like me and you, is to speak the word out of his mouth because there's creative power within it. You want to keep the word alive in your heart? Speak it out of your mouth. Now go to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And as you're turning there, I, I heard some staggering statistics this week. So much, man, I, guess I can't get away from it. But for every person, whether male or female, that graduates from high school and goes to college as a Christian... Now just think, you graduated from high school last, last spring. You're going to college this fall right now and you're entering. By the time you get out of college, 75% of all born-again students in college will come out and be no longer Christians. One out of every four We'll keep living for Jesus. Now, it shows me what our college universities are doing. Why am I saying that? Because I believe it's very important that we put the Word of God into our children. Not only do we teach them the Word of God, we teach them how to apply the Word of God. And that's what we're going to get here today. How me and you not only hear the Word, but we apply the Word. Mark chapter 4, verse 13. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? Now, he's getting ready to tell us about the parable. The previous verses in, in Mark uh, 4, starting in verse 1, he talks about this parable. He goes on to say, how then will you understand all the parables? You know what Jesus was telling me and you right here? This is the granddaddy of them all. Get this one, because if you don't get this one, you won't get any of the rest of them. Now, I'm going to highlight just a little bit here before we get going. There's four categories in here that Jesus lists. I believe every one of us in this room will fall into one of these categories this, this morning. Regardless of which one you fall into today, it can change still, okay? Doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. So we start in verse 14. And the sower sows the word. The sower plants the word of God. So Jesus immediately tells us, the key to this parable is i got to get into the Word. You've heard me say this many times. You get into the Word, the Word will get into you. Verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown when they hear. Just like right now. When they hear the Word of God, Satan, the devil, your adversary, your opponent, comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. Now, if you don't believe in there, a devil, there's still a devil, okay? And understand this, because you're created in the likeness and the image of God, he hates your guts. Point blank. John 10.10 10 says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's how bad he hates you. So right here, 
we hear the Word of God, and the Word of God is so significant that the devil comes immediately to take it. You know what that shows me? The devil understands the importance of the Word of God. And so he'll go to great lengths to keep you from getting the Word of God because he understands this, that any time I get the Word of God and the Word of God begins to take root in my heart, we become an enemy toward him unlike any other because he knows Christians that know the Word and live by the Word, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to him. So the first point here, he says, and he comes immediately to take the word away from you. He doesn't want you to hear it. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, and again, they heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They immediately receive it with joy. We've ever had that happen to you. Man, you hear the word of God or you read it and all of a sudden there's great joy because you find out something in the Bible you never knew and you're like, I like that. That's good. And so it says you receive it with joy or gladness and they have no root in themselves so they only endure for a time. Now, to answer that question right there, why do they have no root in themselves? How does the word of God get rooted in you? Well, Romans 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more I begin to hear and I hear and I hear and I hear and I keep hearing the word of God, where it becomes a part of everyday life, that word starts taking root in me. But I got to stay with the word. Remember one of our main texts was Hebrews 10, 23. It says, hold fast the confession of your faith. Hang on to the word of God. So they only endure for a short time. That may be you right now. Keep reading. Afterward, when, afterward, when, it didn't say if, it said when tribulations, problems, or persecutions arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, there's a warning right here. And the warning is this, don't be shocked. When problems and persecutions arise in your life, it's because of the Word of God. And so he's just warning me in there. Might as well get used to this, guys. With the Word of God, there's going to come great persecutions. More so in America right now than I've ever seen in my life. You know, you can talk about God, and you can talk about the Muslims, and you can talk about the Hindu and the Buddhist, but you start mentioning the name of Jesus... You'll get a reaction. And right now, even in America, it's not usually really good. So just a warning here, to live by the word of God, you're going to be persecuted. Even by family members. How many of you got family members since you got born again? They look at you and think, what happened to you? Do you think you're just Mr. Goody Two-Shoes now? We know what you used to do. See, remember, this is all because of the Word of God. And it's interesting, in the first two or three verses there, he uses the word immediately three times. So when these persecutions and these problems start to rise, he said immediately they stumble. They stumble. And when I stumble, you know what happens? Many times we look and we say, man, I'm not going to go back to that. I'm not going to live that way. 
You know, in Proverbs it says the righteous man may stumble seven times, but he'll get back up. You know what the key is? Not that you stumble. The key is you just keep getting back up. And you get back up in the name of Jesus and say, here we go again. Here we go again. Keep reading. Verse 18. Now there are the ones who are sown among the thorns. They are the ones who once again, they hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitful of riches, the desires for other things, enter in and they choke the word. And it, the word, becomes unfruitful. So he literally begins to give me another warning here that the, the word of God will try to be choked out of your life because of the worries of life. I mean, you got some worries today. Man, we get over and we begin to worry about life. How are we going to make it? I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. The worries of life. The deceitfulness of riches. You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you have ever said this or thought this? If I just had more money, we'd be okay. You know, the problem with that statement is, you're going to spend it. And then you're going to need more. And I get on that cycle and it's never enough. And the last things he said, for things. For things. And we get consumed with things. And so ultimately what Jesus is telling me and you that something's going to get pushed out because of my daily routine. And if the Word of God's not priority in my life, you know what gets pushed out? The Word of God. And when the Word of God gets pushed out, He said, then you'll become unfruitful. So when I stay with the Word of God, there's going to be fruit in my life. But if I get rid of it and push it aside, and I get so caught up in this thing called life in the world, then I'm going to miss what God has for me. Now we go to the last one, verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Now, I don't know about you, but this is the one I want to get a hold of. I want to find out what good ground is, so we keep reading. Those who hear the word, you go back and look in all four categories. Every one of them heard the word. Every one of them. I've got to hear the word but it's just not me hearing the word. There's something more to it. And so he goes on to say, they hear the word and they accept it. You know what the word accept right there means? They welcome it. They live by it. They become consumed with the word of God. We put the word of God above everything else. And no matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word of God is working mightily in me. So ultimately, no matter what the circumstances, I say, this is what God said. This is what God's word said. We accept the word and we live by the word and we continue to do the word. And look what it says. And they bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. And so the, the very was different. But the only difference in all this is do I accept it? The Word of God is just not a Sunday thing. The Word of God is every day of my life. And so it must become priority. Get in the Word and God will get into you. Now turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12. Now as you're turning there, my faith will never grow beyond the level of my confession. So to the degree I'm speaking the Word of God, that's where my life will end up. Because confession will lead to possession. 
So what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Powerful, powerful text here we're getting ready to read. He said in verse 33, For either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruits bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. A tree will be known by its fruit. And so, you know, you look at an apple tree. What do you see? Apples. What's the fruit of your life today? You'll be known by your fruit. Keep reading verse 34. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Let's flip it around. How can you being good speak bad things? You won't. An evil person's not going to speak good things. An evil person's going to speak evil things. Now, this is a great one to get a hold of, this next part in this verse. For out of the abundance of the heart, for out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So whatever you put into your heart determines what you say. So let me ask you this right now. What are you putting in your heart? Do I get a daily dose of the Word of God? Or do I never put in the Word of God? Because once again, you begin to see the heart and mouth equation. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Same as in Romans 10, when you get born again, you believe with the heart and you speak with the mouth that the Lord Jesus is Lord of your life. And so you begin to see right here the the power of believing with the heart And speaking with the mouth. And so out of the abundance of my heart, I got to continue to say the things that God says. You want to know how a person connects to God? He believes with the heart and he speaks to his mouth. You know how a person is separated from the things of God? He speaks with his mouth and he believes with his heart. Now a lot of times in our lives as human beings, we try to find identity in things. We're all looking for identity. We're all wanting to be a part of something. That identity may come in the form of alcohol. It may come in the form of drugs. It may come in the form of what I drive, where I live, what I wear. It may even come in the area of a title. My job becomes my identity. But see, the problem with that are those are all things. And so the only way I really understand my true identity is I start saying what Jesus says about me. I got to get in the Word and say, this is what Jesus said about me. Now, let me give you an illustration of that. In the book of Judges, there's a man named Gideon. Gideon doesn't think very highly of himself. Actually, out of Gideon's own mouth, he said, I'm the least in my father's house. I'm the least. So this angel shows up and he says to Gideon, he said, you mighty man of valor. This angel says this to him. And I really believe when when the angel of the Lord said to him, you mighty man of valor, I believe Gideon looked at him and said, you got the wrong address. It's not me. But yet, this is what God said. And so the ultimate thing is, I begin to say about myself what God says. And when I begin to say those things, it'll literally change your identity. That I'm not defined by what I do. I'm not defined by what I say. I'm defined because of what Jesus is. And so it's big we get this. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. Keep reading. 
Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. So again, what am I putting in my heart? Verse 36, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So when I look at the word right there, for every idle word, that literally means for every non-working or non-effective word. So think about this, the, the preciseness of my words. The power of a word is so powerful that God says the day's coming when you're going to give an account of it. So why is my word, when I speak idle words or non-working or non-effective words, why are they so powerful? Look at the very next verse. Listen real close. For by your words, nobody else's, for by your words, you will be justified. You will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned or declared guilty. So when I look at what he's saying there, what are the idle words that come out of my mouth? What are the non-effective words that come out of your mouth right now? And the day will come where you'll stand before the Lord. And you know what the Lord's going to say to you? Why did you say this about your life when I said this about it? And those are non-working words or non-effective words. And so i got to dig in right here and i got to begin to get a hold of this because there's power in my tongue. And some people will say, well, I just speak my mind. Well, go ahead. But understand this. Your words will either justify you or your words will condemn you. Your words, according to Proverbs 18, 21, are either death or life. So you can speak your mind, but understand, words aren't free. Now, we live in a, in, a, in a nation where we have a constitutional amendment or a constitutional right that says freedom of speech. But in the kingdom of God, your speech isn't free. It's going to cost you. And so become very aware of the words that come out of your mouth. And this is why this is such a powerful passage. And I got two more I got to take you to. Go to John 15. John 15. Begin to speak the word and keep speaking the word. And watch what will happen. Now in this passage, I'm only going to read one verse. If you were to read John 1, or John 15 verses 1 through 8, you would begin to hear a word abide over and over again, the word abide. The word abide means to live in or remain or make your house there. So with that thought, look at verse 7, John 15, verse 7. If, if you abide in me, the Amplified says, if you live in me, and my words abide in you, if my words remain in you, and continue to live in your heart, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, i got to be careful just to make a blanket statement and say, you can have whatever you say. Because if I say you can have whatever you say, that can become abused, and that can become extreme. 
So if I look at that in, in this view of verse 7, you can have what you say if you live in Jesus. You know what that means? He's the Lord of my life every day, not just Sundays. And if I live in Jesus and his word abides in me day by day by day, Lord, give me this daily bread, daily, then and only then can I ask what I desire and it'll be given to me. So I got to live in Jesus. I got to live in the word. And then when I ask for things, I need to back that up with the Bible. That's why it's very important when you go to the Lord in prayer, you begin to say, Father God, you said, you said that in, in Romans eight thirty seven that I'm more than a conqueror. You said in Psalms 127 too, you give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. You said, Father God, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, that you hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and the soundness of mind. Now there's some of you in the room right now, you're dealing again with depression. Dealing with suicidal tendencies. Begin to speak to Timothy. Don't start saying, man, I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. Begin to say, no, Father God, I thank you that you promised in 2 Timothy 1.7 to give me a sound mind. I speak and I live with the soundness of mind. So again, I back it up with scripture. The third thing that I believe is what we call is God's timing. Not my timing. I believe in speaking to the mountain with all my heart, but I believe also in spiritual maturity. In other words, God's not going to give you anything that you're not capable of handling right now. You want a good illustration of it? Many of you in this room got young ones, and you know the day will come when they're going to get their driver's license. Help us, Jesus. But as much as you love your two-year-old child, you don't give them the keys and say, and as much as I love my 10-year-old grandson, it would be catastrophic. And some of you that have 15-year-olds right now, you're holding your breath and say, oh, help me, Jesus. Not because you don't love them, and not because you don't believe it. It's just the maturity level that you know to give someone, to give a 15-year-old keys to a Dodge Viper is insane. So we see that would be the same way with Father God. That there's times in our life God would say, not yet. Not yet. And you know, even in, in the ministry of my life, I had to wait till I was 40 years old. You know why? I wasn't mature enough. I thank God that God kept me back and said, uh-uh, uh-uh, you got to get back in the oven, buddy. You're not ready yet. Get back in the dryer. Get back in there. Because many times, if life is given us to us before we're mature enough to handle it, we make a mess of it. And so just remember those thoughts. Man, i got to be part of Jesus. Now, turn just a couple pages back to your left to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Is this helping anybody? Sometimes I think I'm only preaching to me. I don't know if you guys ever get anything out of this, but I sure do. It begins to work me over. John 8, verse 32. One of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What a promise. 
What a promise. Now, there's some questions I've got to ask you there. What is the truth? The Word of God. The Word of God's the truth. He said, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. In John 14, it said about Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so, truth is Jesus. Truth is the Word of God. And he said, you'll know the truth. He didn't say, you'll know about the truth and the truth will set you He said, you'll know the truth. Now, this is one of the most misinterpreted scriptures in all of the Bible. You can get around believers a lot and they'll say, you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You know the truth, the truth will set you free. Why is it misinterpreted? You can't walk in the victory of verse 32 without obeying verse 31. Read verse 31. Now, watch this. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide, there's that word again, If you abide, if you remain, if you live in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So to really, really, really get a hold of this and walk in true freedom i got to abide in the Word. He didn't say a dabble in it. He didn't say just to pretend. He didn't say when you feel like it. He said, abide in the Word. i got to live in the Word day by day by day. I stay with the Word and I keep doing the Word. And the Word will bear fruit just like we talked about earlier. So we think back to what the Lord said. He said, I look over my Word to perform it. And God just, He looks over the balcony of heaven And he's watching ones that'll abide in his word. And he's wanting to perform it. So the word and the Lord Jesus give us the ability to get free. But do I live by the word of God? You want to know how you measure yourself if you live by the word of God? Just listen to what you're saying. Because your mouth will locate you. Let me give you another homework assignment this week. Back in, in January of this year, I was going through some crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And one day, my wife looked at me and she said, you need to get into faith. But it ticked me off. I'm the man of faith and power. Not. And I looked at her, and when she said that, you know, when you've been married for 35 years, you begin to realize, yes, dear. You young ones are just getting married. Two words, yes, dear. If you get that, you'll do pretty good in marriage. Yes, dear. Okay. So I realized when she said that she's right. I, man, you, you, my, my mouth was like a machine gun, spitting out negative. I mean, I was whining and belly aching, and I thought life was so difficult and tough. And when she said that, I realized, I've got to get back in faith. Well, how do you get back in faith? You start getting around the Word of God. You start hungering for it. You start ingesting, digesting, spitting it up, spitting it in, spitting it out. Just get a hold of the Word. And so I begin to get a hold of the Word, and I begin to speak the Word out of my mouth. And I could literally tell within my heart when everything changed. Because my mouth changed completely. And so one day I'm in prayer, 
And the Lord said this to me during this time frame. He said, I want to help you. And after everything you say, hashtag it with this. And that's just the way I want it to be. And that's just the way I want it to be. So we go back to the video and all the people that did so well in making that video for us. My kids are driving me crazy. And that's just the way I want it to be. I never get healed. And that's just the way I want it to be. I'll never finish school. And that's just the way I want it to be. I'm always depressed. And that's just the way I want it to be. Me and my wife, we fight like cats and dogs. And that's just the way I want it to be. Now, the more I begin to say that's just the way I want it to be, I begin to realize that's not the way I want it to be. But yet, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I begin to say, you know what? I can do all things through Christ Jesus, and that's just the way I want it to be. I walk in divine health and divine life, and that's just the way I want it to be. I thank you, Father God. You said there in Deuteronomy 28, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I go over and not under. That's just the way I want it to be. You said in Psalm 65, 3 or 65 13 that you crown my year with your goodness and my past drip with your abundance and that's just the way I want it to be and so I begin to get my tongue in line with the word of God until things begin to change things begin to change well pastor you don't know my circumstances you're right I don't but I know the word of God and so when we use excuses like well we're a special guy. You're no special than anybody else. What, what an excuse. God said in Psalm 139, he said, I fearfully and wonderfully and skillfully created you. And so we're created in the image of God. Every one of us. God doesn't make uh-ohs. And God doesn't make oops. See, God's got a plan for me. But so much of it depends on what I begin to say out of my mouth. Oh, I could never get a good job. That's just the way I want it. I could never have a good car. That's just the way I want it. See, I can go on and on and on and on and tell us about our lives on how we do. Because many times we're programmed negatively. And maybe you came from a house that was very negative. Change it. I'll give you a badge after service and you can say there's a new sheriff in town and it's you. And you can start speaking the things of God. And I realize some personalities, and I don't mean this ugly, but there are certain personalities you lean toward negative. You know what you need? A dose of the Holy Ghost. You need help. And Jesus is just the one to help you. And then again, I said this a few weeks ago. Man, when we started seeing the word of God about the power of my tongue, that out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. And my mouth was a loaded machine gun that just fired without thinking. How many of you have ever done that? Some of you say, I did that on the way to church. I shot my wife right in the head. I had to get around my wife and we made a pact. And you know what I said? If I say anything negative out of my mouth, you have permission to correct me. It wasn't fun. It was torture. something begin to change on the inside of us and we begin to speak the word thank you for listening today for more information please visit faithchurchlubbock.com